You're listening to Business Extra coming from the Nationals Newsroom in Abu Dhabi. I'm your host, Kelsey Warner. Today, we're talking social media and about one of the most durable brands in the game, Snapchat. I'm joined today by Hussein Frija, General Manager for the MENA region at Snap Inc. Hussein, hi, welcome. Thanks so much for inviting me. Great to be here. Good to meet you. Good to have you here. I want to talk Snapchat. Okay. Been around since 2011, kind of a heyday for social media. Founded, you know, the year after Pinterest and Instagram came on the scene. Facebook and Twitter, fully mainstream by 2011. Twelve years later, things have really evolved. The technology has changed rapidly. Audiences are much different. Introduce us to Snapchat in 2023. What are we looking at as a company? Well, like I'll take you back to those heydays you mentioned um, because we're still really, really focused on uh, what Snapchat is at that time when Bobby and Evan, our founders, founded Snap. At that time, you remember social media in 2011 was at its peak. And Bobby and Evan at college at that time uh, saw how social media is kind of like making a major impact and diluting the important relationships we have specifically around friends and family. Um, to the benefit of just having a lot of connections, a lot of friends. Uh, we started seeing people having so much pressure on getting likes and shares. Uh, they didn't like that. So they kind of created Snapchat as the, we call it actually the antidote to social media. Um, and, and you've seen Snap successful in focusing on really enhancing the relationships with the people who are really close to you, uh, friends and family and the world uh, around you. You've seen features like affirmative messaging and um, AR and, uh, and innovation on camera helped um, Snap and, and Snapchatters really communicate day to day um, in a way, in a, in a more real way. Uh, when you communicate visually, you're able to do a lot of emotions that you're never able to do when you do text. Um, as a result, you feel it's actually more real uh, and as, as real as it could be um, versus your typical normal text messaging. We're still the same since then, uh, what evolved massively, but this is the core of who we are. I've I buy that. Okay, Snapchat, the little yellow icon on your phone. It is a bit of a happy place in the com- somewhat blue Twitter, Facebook, uh, more kind of those spaces have been much more controversial. Snapchat certainly has been able to sidestep much of the controversy around the social media of it all. What would you say is the secret to that kind of reputational success? Snapchat has been able to maintain, as you were just saying, a bit of consistency over the years. Can you talk a little bit about just the evolution of the product? Well, like if you, the first thing I would think of is when you open Snapchat, the first thing you get is a camera. You don't get a feed that's that's all, all aimed out filling your, 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 your feed with a lot of experiences or content and with, a diff- like with difficulties in filtering what's good, what's bad, what's negative. So that invitation through the camera to create or to communicate is the first point that kind of makes Snapchat a happy place. In fact, actually, research shows that actually Snapchat is the number one happy place when you look at digital assets there. So point one is the invitation to create versus the feed. That's point two is what I mentioned around um, the focus on enhancing relationships with friends and family. 
I think really like in the last, since 2011, we had a lot of temptation from a business perspective to evolve beyond that, to get more followers or more engagement. But we really kept the focus on friends and family and that kept it safe, kept it real, uh, people were themselves. And the last thing is our approach to content. Um, at that time, unlike most of the platforms that were operating at that time, Snapchat created Discover, which is home for content creators and publishers. And Discover, um, non untraditionally, um, is a platform where um, we have a close community. So we choose our partners. Not everybody could go and create content. And as well, it was more moderated than you would ever see outside. There's a human component in moderation. There is an algorithm that we always evolve and and um, uh, and, and invest in to make sure that content, uh, we maintain the safety of the community. And the last point I would say, if you notice how Snapchat is designed from the beginning, like you find safety and 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 um, privacy core to how we do things. Um, examples like ephemeral messaging, like where messages disappear, you can't save you. You're protected and a close community of content creators. Uh, actually, our product design goes through a safety and 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 seek and and privacy filter in the development stage, not at the end of the product stage. And I think all of those helped us create that lane that kept us in that safe uh, area. Those those three things you just named are such strong business decisions that did ultimately probably curtail your ability to grow in the same way. You look at the market caps of Facebook and those ilk, but those business decisions, those things that you just named, you know, first decision really to say no to the newsfeed, to keep the mirror on the creator. The second, to really gatekeep and keep your platform kind of a curated list of partners. So it, it's not a come one, come all approach. You guys really did make a decision around gatekeeping. And then the third, to build privacy into the product development stage. All three of those are real kind of crossroads decisions that differentiate you from your competition. And here in the region, it has really built up a fairly loyal following, this, this way of going. So in MENA, Snapchat has a really engaged audience. In KSA, you reach more than 90% of 13 to 34-year-olds, and you have a monthly reach of 20 million. And 71% of parents in Saudi Arabia use Snapchat, which I thought was interesting. Well, in the UAE, you reach one in three 18 to 34-year-olds. Talk a little yeah. bit about talk a little bit about that loyalty. I mean, I I mentioned earlier these business decisions, they separate you out from your competition. They do curtail your ability really to achieve the kind of magnificent growth your competitors have achieved. But you do boast a really loyal following. Can you talk a little bit about that? First of all, like I've been at Snap seven years and, and, and what you just explained is exactly what we intend to do and what the leadership team intend to, to do. In many cases, I've seen Snap at a, at a situation where we could have made short-term decisions against short-term growth gains. But what I admire the most about uh, Snap is that we always took a decision that always kind of relate to who we really are who we want to be, even if that means that short term, we're going to lose that growth opportunity here and there. And I think being in where we are now, we just explained is proof that this decision actually and strategy was really successful. 
In the region here, since we launched the operation, we've always seen the community in the GCC specifically region within the local community. They really like Snapchat, and there's a lot of re- there are a lot of reasons why. Mainly, if you look at the culture we operate within here, um, as fast as our life gets, or as busy as we get, our family and friends and close friends are always extremely important. I um, my mom has five kids, and um, wherever we are in the day or whatever country we are, I call my mom twice a day. And it's like that never changed since I graduated from school. So does that mean she's getting 10 phone calls a day? Or are you are you the outlier? Like you sit next to her, her phone is like a, it's a phone center. And that is the same across the whole culture. Mm. So we always went into those relationships. And uh, Snap came in and gave that tool and visual experience to make those relationships even better. It's a big difference for me when I used to text my mom on WhatsApp or text message, um, asking about her or chatting a little bit versus actually sending her a picture uh, of where I am or she's sending me a picture sometimes to make her laugh. Because you talk to your mom twice a day, how many things you can do to make her laugh, right? But with Snap, it's always easy. It's always a lens somewhere or a filter or a cute thing to do, or a crying face, or an older or a younger face, is a lot to be done. And that that our community appreciated a lot. The second thing is this idea of storytelling. Like if you, you, I'm sure you have a lot of friends in the local community here. We sit with our friends, with our parents, with our grandmas and grandpas, and these stories, there are stories that we keep telling and we like telling. I think our creative community loved the camera at Snap and found it a very fast and efficient way to create stories. So as a result, uh, creators loved it. And as a result, people and Snapchatters engaged with it. So you see our creator community has a really, really vibrant um, dynamic there that we enjoy a lot. I want you to talk to me a little bit about advertisers. Digital ads is almost 100% of Snapchat's revenue model. Dig into the advertising model, why advertisers continue to come back, and what are the products they are using to get their message out on your platform? Yeah, if you, specifically in the region, but globally and in the region, if you see, I mean, social media and and most of the tech platforms that advertisers has access to has engagement. People, it's part of our lives. The challenge we, we we heard from brands, brands keep telling us that their challenge is they see engagement almost everywhere. Okay, of course, some platforms are more than others, but engagement intensity is there. The challenge brands have is what kind of engagement the brands want to associate with first. So that topic around safety and privacy and the whole issues around um, what's happening on social media. The second thing, what's engagement brands can be part of where they will get a a receptivity from the audience. So audience will be receptive to the brand uh, messaging and how can they be part of that? So I think I would focus on uh, friends and family and uh, kind of enhancing that experience um, allowed us to provide the kind of engagement brands want to associate with. So that was what got brands on board with Snapchat. But then with our tools like AR um, for advertisers and video, the full immersive experiences, it allowed brands actually to be part of this very nice, dynamic, safe, happy, 
where brands would evolve into kind of enabler for those friends friendships. I'll give you an example. Uh, so AR is this kind of if, for people who do not know what AR is, um, is a way to augmented reality. Yes. We'll, we'll take exactly. a pause. AR stands for augmented reality, augmenting reality. Yes. Which is a way to augment your reality with computing. So you pull your Snapchat camera, which is which gets you your reality. And then through our lenses, you could add computing on the top. That computing started as an entertainment um, where you, you heard about the dog lenses and the vomiting rainbow or the crying lens that I'm sure a lot of people use. That was the Snapchat That's era, so I think. That, at which point I departed. That's when I began to renounce social media in, in general. Yeah, we, <laughs> so that's what, last I left you, that's what was going on. <laughs> yes. We, we need to get you back. <laughs> so this, uh, it, people loved it and, and it evolved into a utility. Now you pull up a Snapchat camera and you point it to a math problem, it will solve it for you. Mm-hmm. You would point it to a plant and you would know what that plant is and where it comes from. You point it to a dog. And you could find the dog breed um, uh, of, of that dog. So brands used AR to provide people with experiences that enhances their relationship with friends. Onas had an, an amazing uh, lens in, in Ramadan where people used it to communicate with their friends around wishing each others a happy Ramadan or giving their recommendations of what they should buy in Ramadan, etc. And the National Day in Saudi, we had a lot of experiences that allowed people to show their pride. In UAE, actually, in the National Day of, of UAE, AR actually was used to drive awareness to the GAF tree, which is a national tree of, of, of UAE, which is endangered, to raise awareness around it through AR. You could plant a tree and then raise awareness around that. So all of this represented key opportunities for brands on Snapchat and kept them on the platform. This is all really interesting. I do want to highlight, okay, Snap was a bit of an outlier last earnings season. Revenue from advertising is flat. You were a bit of a victim of your own success during the pandemic. There was a meteoric rise in popularity, understandably, for social media platforms. Since then, you know, analysts have kind of noted there's increased competition from TikTok, Meta's Instagram Reels, and Alphabet's YouTube Shorts. There's three kind of um, invading forces on the Snap territory. All of this is well and good. So how is Snap differentiating itself in this kind of new environment we find ourselves in, even just the last six months? That's a really good question. First of all, what makes us so bullish about the future is the fact that we our community keeps growing and our engagement keeps getting healthier and healthier. We made major bets on, on areas like maps for friends and AR and camera and visual communication and stories and content. And most of those bets proved like a lot of people followed us and, and those, those bets became real successes for the platform. So the success of the community and the consistent growth we've been seeing in the last six to nine quarters makes us so bullish about the future. Now, the ad market globally is going through tough times. And that's an obvious result of a really challenging microdynamics in the US and Europe around inflation and recession. As a result, the ad market got impacted. And consequently, most of the ad platforms who are dependent on advertising got impacted. I think what makes me so uh, proud of, of the operation here and the leadership team at Snap is that early on, back in August, Snap was able to really take tough decisions to reset the business and and kind of 
focus more. So we make the tough call around adjusting our cost and making sure we have the right adjustments on, um, on, on how we want to operate to focus more on what's important. And we did that in August. And that allowed us now to really be in a very solid st uh, stage. You see a lot of companies doing this work now in terms of how um, they want to operate in the future. Um, the macro dynamics are dynamics that we keep an eye on, but the health of the business in terms of community engagement, the investment we did actually on advertising tools to drive more value on the lower funnel for advertisers makes us bullish about the future of Snap. When you think about the future of Snap, you referenced augmented reality. Is there a place for AI in all of this? I know that AI and AR kind of go hand in hand. It's, you know, untangling one from the other is a bit hard. But what is next when you talk about technology and Snap? Um, I mean, innovation at Snap has been the key con constant. You're um, often, right, you're often I, copied. Exactly. And which is a great thing. It's a great testament to, to innovation and something we pride ourselves with. I, I sit in the office and I, every couple of days I would see teams in the corners of the office just trying something new and laughing and, and enjoying what they're doing. I think innovation um, is something that we proved that we could deliver um, to, the, to our community. Um, AI is one of the most exciting things um, for us. Um, we just actually, in our partner summit, uh, launched our My AI chatbot. So now when you go to Snap, uh, and we still have to find a way to get you back to Snap, uh, you have on the top of your uh, friends list uh, an AI chatbot. It's a, it acts like your, your AI friend. So you click on it, just like you're talking to a friend, you could ask it any question you want. And uh, we use that the GBT technology um, to power that, but we add a lot of layers of safety and making it more relevant to how Snapchat DNA is actually formed. We tested it with our subscri subscriber user base, Snapchat Plus, uh, for a couple of months, and we just launched it to the whole um, uh, globe. And, and the results has been massive. We're having millions of chats with my AI. And, you know, like the fact that you have a lot of people chatting with it and, and giving it more um, uh, information, it, the, the answers will be more relevant and it becomes more um, effective in terms of getting back to you to what you want, which is something that excites us a lot. And great insight for advertisers. So I want to switch gears to talk about you've been in the UAE for a couple of decades. You've been at Snap for seven and a half years. You were part of one of the OG tech deals, MacTube, being acquired by Yahoo back in 2007, I believe. Is that right? Um, can you talk about kind of your ride? You were employee number one at Snapchat GCC. What is what is that been like? Can you just talk about your your ride through the 20 years of UAE and, and tech? Yeah, I gotta say, I'm gonna remember uh, you asking me um, a question that includes a couple of decades. So that makes me feel really, really old. But uh, <laughs> I'll get over Sorry. that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> generations ago <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um listen it's been an amazing i mean i'm so lucky to to have the opportunity to work in a country like uae um i keep i, I my career started with mactube at that time in 2004 digital was just very minimal and mactube was this arabic website that um wanted to provide arabic service um to, to people and we built it from scratch until Yahoo acquired it. And then Yahoo came, wanted to uh, use the Mac 2 capabilities to provide a super local experience 
um, in a region that is 400 million people out of out of the UAE. And then we did that. And then Snap, because of the successes we have, they wanted to build an operation locally that allows us to be way, way more relevant, connect with our partner ecosystem and enhance our community uh, here. It's been an amazing ride. I, I keep telling people like I, I built a career just operating in Dubai Internet City. And, and it, it, it shows you how amazing this country is in providing opportunities for us. Snap has been, I mean, a, a, such a fun ride to, to say the least. A product that keeps innovating. It's so cool. People love it. You go and I go and meet our partners in, in UAE or Saudi or Bahrain. And you see how Snap is part of their lives. And and the, the level and the way Snap is managed allows us to really innovate a lot in this region. We have a really um, very good position in market, a high market share. Our engagement is really healthy, as you mentioned, in Saudi we have around 22 million people every month um, in UAE, one out of three, four million people in UAE, um, around more than 60% of smartphone penetration. And we still have a lot to do there in countries like Egypt and, and other GCC countries. So a team, we have around 120 people plus uh, in the here in, in the operation here. Um, we have three offices um, in UAE, Saudi, and, and in Doha. So uh, really fun stuff. Um, and I think um, it's, been, it's been a great experience. Okay, so you oversee a team right now of 120. I'm just curious in terms of talent acquisition, talent retention. UAE has a huge mandate. You know, its journey to being a knowledge-based economy is seemingly going strong. But I'm curious from your vantage point, how is that going? And what are your hiring trends from within Snap right now? Well, like it's been an, a, a really top of mind topic for us. Uh, our, our team is growing and um, there's a component of how can we make sure that we attract the best talent that reflects the community around us so we could service it better. So how can we diversify and be inclusive in how we hire so we are kind of we have the team that's able to create a product that's inclusive um, as a result. So that has been a huge focus in terms of how we hire, what do we, what kind of protocols and 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 processes in place that we need to have to make sure that um, we achieve those objectives. The second thing is the the region here is still a developing region from a talent um, ecosystem perspective, and how can Snapchat play a role in upskilling the talent um, in the region? We engage with the government a lot on initiatives around upskilling talent in the region, specifically locals, around key uh, skills that we know are very important for the future. Um, an example of this is a, a partnership with our the Ministry of AI that allowed us to come and train um, local uh, talent around building AR um, uh, experiences that will allow them, you know, you don't, as important as AR and VR is in, in our work currently, you don't study it in school. So if you would graduate as an engineer or a developer or a graphic designer, but you're not able to develop, you have, somebody has to teach you that. So we play a big role in allowing talent to get access to our knowledge and build that. And you will see SNAP doing a lot of this in the region um, in supporting the talent ecosystem, empowering women talent that's coming to the, to the, to the workforce and making sure we develop the talent ecosystem, especially within the local community. Would you say from a technical standpoint, Snap is making more hires locally for more technical skills or are you still kind of in a business development marketing 
role? We, we actually started ramping up our technical um, hiring here in the region. You have to keep in mind, Snap is relative to other platforms, is, is, is a smaller company, yeah. seven, five to 7,000. So, but given the size of the region, we, we started to build um, product capabilities here in the region. I expect us to very selectively kind of keep doing that as we go. But that doesn't mean we don't have focus from our development teams. Like when I look at headquarter focus, this part of the world is really important for Snap. It's amongst the most engaged communities for Snap globally. And as well, the healthiest business in terms of volume, not only growth. So the Middle East is has a high um, uh, kind of um, relevance and importance uh, within our global uh, roadmaps. You're earning your place at the table. Hussein, really fun to talk to you. Thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe wherever you listen. All that's left to do is thank our production team and you for listening. See you next week.